Hey, you guys coming? Uh, are we going camping this weekend? I asked you guys like two weeks ago. Uh, shit. Cron, I thought you told him. I'll take silence as a yes. I mean, so- Somebody's got to work the store, dude. Yeah, man. You fucking assholes. Yeah. We got we hired those two new guys. Who wants to camp? It sucks. Come on, dudes. It's gonna be fucking sweet. It's. I got a new tent. It's a fucking eight person. We got so much room. That's Nothing, part, nothing's that's gonna the part go wrong. I don't like. That's the part I don't like. Nothing's gonna go wrong. Yeah. I'm. I'm not gonna break my legs this time. I think Kron wants a smaller tent. Yeah, it's either the three of us in a two-person tent. That's fun as hell, dude. <sighs> what about, about what, let's put a two-person tent inside the eight-person tent. So you guys can sleep in that? Well, we all need to be in there. That seems like it. Yeah, but it's hot. like, it's our own little ecosystem, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be like an eight-mile hike in and an eight-mile out, so... Bring the survival kits that I gave you guys. I put them in your lockers back there. It was literally a blunt knife and some beef jerky. You never know. And I took that as offensive. No, they're supposed to be. Because you know I you know I can't eat that beef jerky. Well, and on why is the beef jerky soggy is my biggest gripe. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's not jerky. If anything, Mm -hmm. it's more um what's the Korean stuff? Bagogi, you know what I mean? It's it got kind of a well. It looks like a cup of noodles, Dan. It, yeah. it doesn't. You you I'm put it in a thing. You put wet meat into a thing of Saran wrap and just wrote jerky on top of it, and that's it's okay. not how that. Were works. you hoping it dried out on the eight mile hike in? No, it's it's all about trading, guys. Like just in case something happens, that jerky is supposed to represent, you know, in case. In case it comes down to where me and Bones have to eat Kron. Yeah. What? I mean, the, oh, the jerky exists in case you have to eat me. Yeah, it's it's gonna it simulates the human side of meat. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, so it's like an appetizer, like or an amuse bouche, like it gets you ready for Kyle. Well, we're not going out there specifically to eat Kyle, but just in case it happens. It's an oh, ap- okay. aperitif to wake up the taste buds. Yeah, so it's a transitional uh, 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 meat. It's not an aphrodisiac. We're not trying to fuck them. It's a gateway I, meat oh, well, is what you're I, saying. I said aperitif. <laughs> I mean, would you rather be fucked or ate? I mean, I don't. you tell me, Kron. Eat me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely not going camping. I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. No, yep. no, we don't have any plans or anything, dude. Come on. Dude, I'm not going. You should. You I think really I'll just, should. I think I'm just going to stay and watch a movie. Well, we did get that new one in from 1999, Ravenous, this week on 5 Day Reynolds Podcast. Oh, 
Welcome back to the Five Day Rentals Podcast, folks. We are the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre category. This round's category is Demanding Women, and this week's pick is Ravenous from 1999, starring Mr. Guy Pierce. Um, gentlemen... Have we ever tasted human flesh? Hello, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm with um, with my co-hosts, as usual. You know who they are. The smart, the talented, the good-looking, the... Uh, Thank you. Crowd-pleasing, Cron Howard, oh. and Bones. Mm-hmm. You heard that. You heard that, didn't you? Yeah, that's all right. I just did it to make them happy, Bones. I mean, off pot, I was told I was the lifeblood of this show, so I'll take it. That is true. He did say that. I said that. I mean, Dan said I was the most handsome and smartest, so whatever. I thought I used intelligent in there. Who do you think tastes best? It's got to be you. I mean, I ate bacon tonight, so yeah, it's probably not. I don't know. I mean, I'm vegetarian, but I'm not the cleanest vegetarian. Crown, are you doing the all veg diet or? No, I mean, I I eat some meat. Uh, I think it would have to be bones, right? There's a lot of like, I think bones has the cleanest diet. And, and you go to like a fancy butcher, it's all, hey, this is grass fed beef, dude. That's true. So I have the dirtiest diet? Is that what you're telling? It's, it's just who who had the most greens recently? Overly, yeah. yeah, like recently. I had a banana today. Does that count? That's good. I mean, see. it's better than not having a banana. I had a cucumber and onion flatbread for lunch. Nice. That sounds terrible. What, mine oh, is- dude, here's what it is. Flatbread, yeah. Yeah. hummus, okay, cucumber, I'm in. onion, I'm in. I'm in. little little bit of feta on top, Ooh, right. some salt and pepper. Okay, you get rid of the cucumber, I'll eat that. Dude, your cucumber is what makes it delicious. Let me have your cucumber, you can have my feta. Okay, that works. I just got hard. Okay. Well, that's a weird reaction to that. <sighs> Getting hard is like the best reaction to anything. Like To feta? I mean, feta's good shit, man. Little feta, little blue cheese. You're doing feta and blue cheese together. <laughs> yeah, you know. A fucking maniac, dude. Cauliflower wings. You know what I'm saying? I eat cauliflower, guys. I love a cauliflower wing. A little buffalo sauce on there. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? You know what is really good. I don't know how how much Asian cuisine you guys eat. You ever take sriracha and do like uh, equal parts sriracha to peanut butter? Oh, no. I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, man. Game changer. Sriracha and peanut butter, huh? Mm-hmm. Just as a snack? No, you just like as, a, as a dip. Like pretty much anything. Oh, okay. Like I'll do like, uh, like ramen or a, a Buddha bowl or something. I always default I to like a like a Mexican hot sauce. Yeah, 
I'm the same way. I got four or five different versions of Cholula or whatever in the, mm-hmm. and then I'm a Diablo fiend. So anytime I go to fucking Taco Bell, I swipe 20 of those packets. An ass load. Give me an ass load of Diablo. Yeah. Hey, with enough Diablo sauce, any of us would taste good. That's true. I'd eat ass true. with Diablo sauce on it. You gotta eat the ass, man. Come on. Doing, you're married. Eat the ass, folks. We're not here to talk about Taco Bell Diablo sauce or eating ass. I'm sure it eventually come up again because that's how we open the show. Speak for yourself, Dean. And uh, we're full, well-rounded comedians, and we like to do 360s. That's how comedy works, because we know. But uh, tonight we're here to talk about one of the most influential. Cannibal Films of 1999, Ravenous, directed by Mrs. Antonia Bird. It is our first feature in uh, our new category called Demanding Women, which just means that it has to be a movie that was directed by a woman. That's all that means. We're not being mean. We promise. We're here to lift up and build up the women. We're being woe-mean. We put a W-O in front of that M-E-N. And uh, yeah, I took, uh, I chose this one. So I chose Ravenous. Uh, it's a movie that I've watched probably since 1999, off and on. Uh, I know Bones had watched it. Karan, this is the first watch for you. How are we right. feeling? I'm feeling ravenous, dude. Oh, that's right on, I man. I haven't had a bite uh, since you announced this title. I uh, sent you guys a half of a pig. It's not there yet, though. It'll get there tomorrow. So hopefully, I really wanted you guys meet it up for this one, but it, uh, you know. Hey, Bones. Yeah. I I hope I get the back half. <laughs> I heard you love eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There you go, folks. <clears throat> well, gentlemen, uh, do we want to do some first thoughts about Ravenous, or do we just want to break in, dig right in? Uh, you said this was an influential movie. I I can't think of many cannibal movies that have come after. So, are you? Do you just mean like the tone of this movie, or the subject matter, or what? It's just a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't think this has influenced movies since 1999? I mean, is are do we have another cannibal movie? I mean, I'm sure we do. Didn't Eli Roth that, have one? That we uh, remember. Isn't there one called Raw that's like a cannibal horror Is movie? That, yeah, that was 2016. It's actually really good. It's a pretty good movie by a French, a female French director, actually. Yeah. And Bones might be thinking of The Green Inferno. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was his remake of... Wasn't it kind of like his remake of Cannibal Holocaust? I thought yeah, so. Yeah, I think, I think it was kind of that. And then, when was Hannibal Rising? <laughs> Me and Bones went to the theater to see that. 2007. When was Red Dragon? Ooh, I just watched Dragon, that recently. Uh, it's 2001 or 2002. Is that the one with the really old guy? Ray Fiennes. Red Dragon? Ralph yeah. Ray no, Red right? Dragon is the sort of redo of Manhunter. It's with uh, Edward Norton. 
Yeah. What am I thinking of then? And he gets shitty ass hair. There's one where there's like a really old guy that's like telling a about Hannibal Lecter or something. He's not the main character. He's just like a like he Hannibal Lecter ate part of his face off or something. Oh, that that's Hannibal. Are you talking about Gary Oldman is like all fucked up and he tells the story of Maybe. Cornell. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. Hannibal? That's Hannibal, yeah. That's the Ridley Scott one. Okay. When's that from? Uh, I'm mean, in 2000, 2000. That one's 2001. Oh, so this was totally an influence on Hannibal. <laughs> well, they probably watched Ravenous and thought, well, let's go back to the actual cannibal we all like. <laughs> this is a you historical got... cannibal film. Then there's Cannibal the Musical, right? By... Uh... Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then if you're film. talking musical, you got Sweeney Todd. Ah, uh, yeah. Does he eat people? Well, she puts him in the they meat They put pies. him in the meat pies. Diablo spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. No way. I think uh, Book of Eli... That Denzel movie, I think he fights some cannibals. I think cannibalism is like a part of that world. I'm sure we're missing like fucking 42 titles that are... Oh, I'm sure the 60s and 70s are fucking full of all sorts of, you know... Oh, yeah, here we go. Cannibal attack. You know these freaks are screaming into their phones right now. Long Island Cannibal Massacre from 1980. I'm don't sure that's give, watchable. Don't give Karan any ideas, hey, man. Uh, say that a little slower. I'm writing it down. <laughs> a Long Island? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, gee, Jimmy's finger over there. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not that afraid of being eaten. It's more the murder beforehand that bothers me. Like, if, if it's a situation where they're eating me alive, yeah, sure, that sucks, but... Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to... You got to think about that Hannibal scenario where you're you're still around after the event has occurred. Yeah. Well, that he basically... Yeah, he makes him peel off his own face and it's, it's fucked up what Hannibal convinces the guy to do under a whole bunch of drugs. But... So, th- yes, that would be terrifying. If Hannibal convinced me to cut my own face off, chew it, and then share it with him, yes, that would be fucked up. But, I mean, just in general... Like, oh, these people are going to kill us and eat us. I, you, you had me at kill. Like, that. you can do whatever the fuck you want after I'm dead. I don't care. I just don't want to die. I think the worst part is because uh, it's like after you've eaten the first person who probably died of like an accident or something, right? Yeah. That's but like, then it's kind of like once that one disappears and everyone's sitting around eyeballing each other. That yeah. seems like the worst part of cannibalism. <laughs> the unknowing. <laughs> am I on am I on the chopping block next? Yeah, or just just that feeling of like better sleep with one eye open tonight. Well, that's I guess that's the problem with being so handsome, Kron. Mm-hmm. Is people are just going to inherently be looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like... Man, look how tasty he looks. Well, it's like, are they looking at me because I'm beautiful or because they're just seeing me as a sack of meat? I think both. 
I mean, what would you guys start with? Would it be like a leg? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are like the choice cuts of a human? Of a steak? You're asking the wrong guy. Flanks, they, so. Yeah, aren't they kind of like the the area between the like the lower back basically? Isn't that where like the best cut of meat is? Yeah. I don't know. I you also would want to start. You wouldn't want to start in the middle, right? Because you don't want to like cut the thing in half. Like you'd kind of. I feel like you'd want to start at the feet and work up. Dude, that see you know. Feet. No, you're gonna be like, okay, give me a foot, and then you're gonna come back, and everybody's eating the good steak parts. <laughs> you're not uh, on you're, fucking toes. On, I'm just thinking about how you're cutting it off, and like that's what you're rationing out. You wouldn't want to cut into the thing and let it rot like you'd cut off the end of it, you know, try mm-hmm. to seal that up. I'm seeing this as like a like a 20 degrees outside at the warmest, so. Okay. I guess I'm going to go maybe like a calf or a butt cheek. Yeah, too fatty. You need that fat, though, dude. Yeah, that's true. That's you don't true. just need the protein. You want that fat as well. I'm going lower back. That seems to be yeah. enough fat, a little bit of meat. Mm-hmm. Like when Buffalo Bill fucking pops that lady's shirt off in the back of the van, and he's just like, oh, oh. throw a little feta and cucumber on there. You, out, can, have going a, to you town. can have my feta. Give me your cucumber. Uh, a little right. feta, blue cheese, some <laughs> hummus, barbecue or buffalo sauce. Four kinds of cheese on there. <laughs> little ketchup and peanut butter mixture, or sriracha and peanut butter mixture. Ah, oh, delicious. Get all kinds of ideas here on the Five Day Reynolds podcast, but please don't eat each other. Um, at least not yet. All right, guys, anything else before we uh, take a Let's big bite in, here? Man. Before we dig in, all right. Uh, Ravenous is from 1999, directed by Antonia Bird. Uh, we start off with a quote here. Uh, he that fights with monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster. Um, that's by Frederick Nietzsche. Some guy named Nietzsche. Who knows? Ever heard of him? Uh, then we immediately get a weird-ass noise, a music cue that says, Eat me, and that's from Anonymous. Some weird music cues in this film. Weird music in general. It's also weird that they're so obsessed with, like, hacking Wall Street, but they're also getting quoted in this movie. (laughs) Make up your mind already. (laughs) Are you guys serious or just goofing about? All right. (laughs) We start off... With the American flag. Uh, we... oh. oh, real quick. Uh, what did you guys watch this on? Apple. <laughs> I watched on Amazon, and my transfer was like SD. It looked it looked pretty bad. Okay. I don't know if you guys had like a HD version of this. I watched it on Blu-ray, and it still looked like a standard oh. version. Okay. <laughs> I watched it on the PS5, on Blu-ray, on the 4K, and it looked... 
like all the titles that came up like shout factory and shit looked great i was like oh sweet and then yeah when i got to the movie i was like this is a standard version dvd i think i actually have it on actual dvd i'll pull that out later at the break and my dick i didn't notice a difference i thought it looked fine on apple hmm I thought mine looked pretty bad. Like yeah, it, was, it just it was looked bad. like a like like Dan said, it looked like a regular DVD to me. Like if I put that on, you know how you can everything looks a little blurry, a little hazy yeah. with like a regular DVD now. I I was just happy to be in this time of like pre-digital. You know, like there were some long shots and Whenever they're marching around, I just like, hey, I don't want to be going to this cave looking for cannibals, but I'd like to just go on a hike through these Sierras. It's quite beautiful. Oh, I mean, I thought the shots and stuff were good, but yeah. just the transfer is like, could use some work. But I agree with you there, Kron. We must have, uh, I should have rented it off of Apple, apparently. So you got, so you watched it on Blu-ray. Have, oh, yeah. Is there a 4K Steel book? Are people fucking dying for ravenous? It's by Shout Factory, so I'm pretty sure it's probably on the way. They're working on it, I'm sure. All right, we start off with the American flag. Did everybody stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance whenever they see this, like you should, because you're an American? Uh, we got Captain John Boyd. He's getting honored here for his heroic actions in the Mexican-American War, which was in 1847, gentlemen. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. Uh, we get some flashbacks from Mr. Boyd from the war. Uh, we cut to later on. They're having dinner here at the ceremony with all the officers. And what did you know? They're having a steak dinner, gentlemen. Some pretty gnarly looking gross steak, if you ask me. Well, just and that's just steak. Yeah, that's it. No, no veg, no potato, nothing. No a one. Well, all the steaks look pretty wet too. <laughs> just some sloppy, sloppy steaks. steaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do sloppy steaks tonight. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with a you know when you cut in, there's a little juice left, but this is setting in like a. Like a puddle. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Boyd here, he's very bothered by all these men's this all these men just slurping this steak down. They're just going to town. Uh he starts to kind of have a little bit of a panic attack here, he starts breathing heavy. Uh he tries to take a bite. Uh the head officer here, uh Salinger, or not Salinger, uh Soland, whatever his name is, I'll get to he comes back in. But he's the head officer, the commanding officer. He's kind of eyeballing Boyd here because he's noticed he's not eating. Uh, he brushes from the table and pukes, and then we get our title card, Ravenous, here. Uh, we cut to the head officer here. He's saying Boyd is no hero to him, and he's shipping him off to Fort Spencer in California. Which, hey, right on, man. Catch some waves, you know. California, avocados and shit. Well, I, I mean, there's some stuff that goes very wrong for all the people at this camp but it also looks like the chillest camp possible where it's oh, just like yeah. this guy drinks all day uh like you can literally just kind of do whatever you want like there's no 
One dude smoking peyote. Yeah. The colonel's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, these guys had a good thing going, and they yeah. just fucked it up. <laughs> uh, we get a quick cut here to snow-capped mountains as Boyd is uh, coming into Fort Spencer. It's fucking mountainous and snowing and cold and shit. This is not the California that you normally think of. He's not going to Disney. Uh, what's what's in California? Disneyland? One of them. Yeah. Where's the world? My in parents never took me. I don't know. Yeah. Epcot Center. I think World is in Florida and Land is in California. And uh, never, never Land is in California, Cron, where you went as a child. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, it was, Disneyland is uh, California. Neverland was fun, except for all those stinky rags that made me sleepy. <laughs> Did your? <laughs> but the rides were great, right? Yeah, they really. I, I remember you saying that you, some of the rides like messed with your backside, though, right? Like you <laughs> felt a little sore. Oh yeah, I would be just sore as hell the next day. I remember you saying that there was you felt really flexible. You did a lot of stretching. It's a lot mm-hmm. of stretching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're stretching, and then you had to smell the stinky rag. Flash photography. Terribly sore the next morning. It'd be like Mike, baby. Uh, Boyd gets off his horse. He kind of looks around the fort. We cut to him checking out his sleeper, our sleeping quarters. Uh, we boom, we're hit with another flashback of the war here. Lots of chaos going on around Boyd. Uh, he just can't take it, man. It's too much. He just lays down, cowards up, lays down. Uh, we cut to Boyd. He's meeting with Hart. He's uh, the colonel here at Fort Spencer. Uh, he's trying to crack some walnuts open. Can't get it. Goes and uh, grabs one of his books. Uh, he explains to Boyd that uh, his hobbies are reading in the original languages. Uh, Ask Boyd if he has any hobbies. He says, swimming. (laughs) Hart explains how Fort Spencer came about. Uh, We get a nice introduction of all the uh, soldiers that are currently occupying Fort Spencer. They do some quick cuts, which are pretty funny. And we'll we'll be introduced to those characters later on. Um, We cut to all the soldiers here having dinner. We got a guy named... Toffler here. He's saying a prayer because uh, Hart says, please do the prayer for dinner. And Hart just cuts him off kind of like two seconds in and starts eating. Uh, we cut to Boyd. He's uh, taking a look outside. It's snowing. He he walks out. Uh, he has a flashback again. Just telling uh, someone how he got behind enemy lines. This is explaining how he got his um, achievement, his honor there. Uh, he pretty much says he played dead and he got tossed onto a dead man's cart. Uh, he tells the man that he had someone else's blood running down into his throat while he was buried under all these bodies. And yeah, he's pretty buried in there. Uh, he states that something changed in him. Well, isn't, Boyd, isn't there like a weird part where he, you know, he like pops out of that pile and he's got a guy at gunpoint, but... You're still behind enemy lines, right? Like you, there sh- should still be like fifty other guys around that all want to kill you. It was only like that one guy he hit, and then he like pointed the gun at the other one, and then all of a sudden 
I don't know if because there's a guy that comes through on horseback. I don't know if that's maybe the rest of his yeah. troops, maybe. Yeah, like reinforcements or yeah, I could yeah. not figure that out because to me it's like I get it, like you're getting an upper hand, but on one person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, I think that's maybe what that was because yeah, he only takes out one dude. Mm-hmm. All right, so Boyd gets the strength to get out of these or out of the pile of all these dead dudes from the blood that was trickling down into his mouth. And he takes the, like we explained, he he takes the enemy post, but that's only like two dudes. And that's how he's got his promotion and all that and the award. Uh, We cut back to Cleves and Martha. They're leaving to get supplies. Uh, Hart here is telling them not to get any peyote or any women. And Cleves is kind of or loco weed. (laughs) Yeah, he just kind of laughs it off. This is uh, David Arquette playing like a fucking stoner soldier, having a blast. Mm -hmm. Are we gonna ever cover David Arquette anymore? You think we might? Maybe. I just Uh, couldn't get over that. There's no wheels on this cart. Oh, yeah, it just was... They just make the fucking horse just drag. drag. Bum me out. I guess maybe the terrain would be so bad you wouldn't want wheels, but... You could at least put, a, like, sled legs on it, yeah, though. Yeah, poor, to... poor horse. Yeah. No. No. We're anti-horse. We don't care. Oh, that's right. Horse. Shit, I forget. Well, it's... I don't want to make them suffer unnecessarily. I mean... It's not suffering. They pull shit. That's what horsepower is, baby. Yeah, but you're also, I mean, if I made you pull a cart without wheels, you'd be pretty pissed off. I just refuse. I'm a human. Human. Iman. More human than human. All right, we got the Boyd's bunk. Uh, Hard comes in and asks if he, uh, how he, he's kind of messing with his metal here, and Hard asks how he got it, because he's looking at it. Uh, Cowardance, he says. Uh, Hard says Knox has some good bourbon. If he wants to come and uh, share some bourbon, he's like, will he mind? He's like, nah, he should be passed out by now. The colonel seems cool, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a bummer that Jeffrey Jones turned out to be kind of a creep. In he real such life? A great, I think so, yeah. I don't really want to get into it, but I, I, he's such a bummer because he's such a great actor. I was kind of wondering. Uh, did, did he make you smell a sleepy time rag? <laughs> I, I think he's uh, it's it's somewhere in that realm. <laughs> I think he had some some photos of some people. Oh shit! Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I'm like, whatever. I don't ever see this guy anymore. He almost he almost said whatever happened, and then caught himself because we're gonna go in theme song mode. Can no longer say whatever happened. <laughs> to the milkman boy. Did I get it mixed up again? No, no that's, that's how right that one goes. Okay. All right. Everywhere you look. There's some heart. All right. We cut to Hart and Boyd. They're sharing some drinks. Hart starts talking uh, about all the forms of escaping and uh, he's comparing all those to what it's like to be at Fort Spencer. 
he's pretty much saying here that fucking Fort Spencer sucks. Um, <laughs> Boyd's kind of looking out the window and he's startled by a man outside looking in the window. So we cut to everybody rushing outside to look for this man. Uh, they find him passed out on the ground here. They rush him in and give him a hot bath to warm him up. And uh, they set him up in a bed next to a fire. They try to get uh, Knox to come in and look at him. but That did look uh, cozy as hell. I mean, mm-hmm. they put him right next to that fire. They're wrapping him up in like a bear pelt, it looked like. So you would sleep next to that fire, Cron? I'm just, I mean... It looked like it could have been a lot worse. That's true. It looked uh, nice. Yeah. Like he wasn't hurt that bad. You get, you're passed out in the winter snow and somebody drags you in and wraps you up, puts you next to a fire. It's good shit. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be uh, so callous as to try to eat them after all that generosity. Stop <laughs> giving stuff away, Karan. All right, Boyd examines the man's clothes. He's got a lot of blood on him, but he's not really too beat up. He kind of notices. All right, we cut to the next morning. Uh, Toffler informs Hart that the the man is up. Uh, We cut to Knox. (laughs) He runs over to Knox's bunk and tries to wake him up, and he doesn't give a shit about the mystery man at all. You're getting a lot of that uh, Jeremy Davies uh, whispery acting. From... Uh, Toffer here? Toffer? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, 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 that, uh, uh, it's like fucking spit it out, dude. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, you know? You'd Very think nervous. after Saving Private Ryan, he wouldn't want to play any of these roles, you know? It's like, <laughs> dude, be a fucking hero for once. Like, he just seems to be really good at either a coward or... Um, uh, uh, I think uh, this fits him. Yes, I think um, it's... This is a good part for him. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but he would drive me up the fucking wall. <laughs> I think that's the point of Fort Spencer. Like, Oh, for sure. I'm sure the, that's why he got sent out there to begin with. But The rejects. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we did cut to... Guys, uh, did you think that new guy that they brought in... There was like a couple shots where at first I was like, is that Keanu Reeves? <laughs> You, no, I didn't think that guy. at all. I guess because right. I know Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have already seen this movie, so. Right. Can't well, he was also race. a Bond villain, so. That's right. That's why I chose this. Yeah. Because now From, Bones. I mean, technically. Bones has to give it a three at least. He was technically a henchman, I guess. You think he's a bad guy, but then there's a twist. Which Which one was he in? World is not enough. From Russia with love. No. Golden gun. What's like the second one? From Russia with love, I think, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's I do got it then. Let's do a bond off, baby. Let's not. Bones will win. Yeah. Alright, we cut to our mystery man. He's he's awake. Uh the man asks where he is. He says his name is Calhoun. Servant of God. Toffler likes that. Uh, gets up bare ass, looking skinny as fuck. It's the body we all want, right? Well, it's keto. Has to be. 
That's what this movie is, right? This movie is like anti super high protein. Yeah. <laughs> Should just be called keto. <laughs> uh he said he's been out there for three months. Uh he's from Scotland. He tells his story. Six people were headed west. They had uh one man that claimed that he knew a shortcut and that didn't go too well. It was a longer trip. Uh winter came in. They took shelter in a cave. Uh, for the storm to to let up, but the storm never did. Uh, they ran out of food here. They killed the ox. They ate the dogs. They ate the their belts, and then it turned to each other, gentlemen. The classic. Would you guys, uh, eat a boot or a or a belt? Ah, you would. You'd have to boil the shit out of that thing, right? I don't know. I mean, I guess. I guess you could chew on a piece of leather enough to kind of break it down. I don't think I'd want to. That would hurt your teeth, man. I don't. I guess it's. What are you getting out of it? That's what I want to know. Yeah, you can't be getting hardly anything out of a. Would piece it really of be? Yeah. yeah. Would it really be worth it? It's probably just mental. It's tr- you're like attempting to satiate yourself. There's probably no calorie yeah. to it. Just to get something into your stomach, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Danny Duck will let us know. Uh, everyone's kind of freaked out by this story. Um, yeah, I mean, they're eating shoes. <laughs> That's fucking weird <laughs> as hell. It's crazy, dude. man. Like, and this guy's just shoes. giving up the information. <laughs> uh, after they ate one human, their hunger was more savage. They started killing each other often. This guy named Ives, he was crazy. Uh, Calhoun, he fled. That's what led him to Fort Spencer. That's why he was out there for three months. Uh, Hart is concerned. Or I guess there was a lady in the party, and he says that she was still alive whenever Calhoun left. So Hart is very concerned with the this lady, and he wants to go back to the cave to see if She's still alive to save her. Yes. Well, wasn't it kind of down to like him, the lady, and one other guy? Yeah, I was still alive as well. So bad captain or whatever. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I guess you would assume like if I leave the cave, that's probably it for that lady. (laughs) Right. I mean, I wouldn't be going back. It's three months. I'm like they're killing each other, but I guess he kind of has to, right? Well, that's what the colonel says. Like, it's our job. Like, we got to at least go investigate it. I mean, this brings up a good point, though, for what happens later on in the movie. Maybe, you know, I we'll get there, I guess. That's a good point. That he's who that. he was talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. We cut to the men at Fort Spencer. They're taking action to go find this lady. We got George. He comes in to explain to Hart and Boyd here what a Wendigo is, or Wendigo, sorry, to Boyd and Hart. He pulls out these painting, and he's an old, like, uh, he's one a of Wendigo the- A Wendigo ate your baby? A Wendigo ate my baby. He's one of the natives here that's working at Fort Spencer. He's an Indian, pretty much. A Native American, I should there say. There you go. 
an old and he pulls out an old Indian tale painting from the north. This is where this uh, Wendigo comes for. Wendigo. Winnebago. Ween Digo, right? When Winnebago. Winnebago. We can't disrespect like that, guys. Uh, he pretty Remember much. Remember when the Winnebago man, that bug flew in his mouth and he <laughs> Fuck it. got real mad? We got flies in the shot, Tony. Get out of here, you goddamn flies. Still my favorite viral internet video, without a doubt. Did you ever watch the documentary? I did. I never did. It's good. He's yeah, an interesting, interesting cat. Dan wanted it to remain pure in his heart forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he chose not to watch the documentary. I probably chose the new Michael Moore or something over it one night, which was a mistake. All right. He pretty much explains the story here. A man steals the strengths of his enemies if he eats their flesh. Hunger becomes craven. Then the more he eats, the stronger he becomes. Hart asks if people still do this. George explains white man eats the body of Christ every Sunday. <laughs> they just kind of both agree. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we Take cut that, to- <laughs> Catholics. Mm-hmm. Take that, Christians. Burn, dude. Uh, we cut to Fort Spencer crew. They're preparing to leave. Calhoun says he's coming with them. Uh, and the journey begins. We cut to the crews making, or the crew making their way through all the wilderness, which, like I said, looks pretty nice. They get into the, the more mountainous area. This is where uh, they take a break. And Boyd questions Calhoun about his strength after eating the flesh of men. And he agrees that he felt something. Our Boyd explains to Calhoun that he did feel something like he got more strength whenever he did his, uh, the blood of the guy went into his throat. That's what he's referring to. Back in the war. You think that's just a placebo effect? (laughs) So I had this thought, too. Like, was he just filled with adrenaline? Mm-hmm. Like, did he just have this, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die? Or And there's a guilt, and he's well, connecting it? Or even just honestly, like, if you were desperate enough to eat a person, wouldn't you, like, in the back of your head, you would be like, I'm doing something that's wrong. <laughs> like, Yeah. And maybe that would kind of, like, amp you up a little bit, you know? I don't know, because he laid down and... Like a coward whenever the shit was getting real, though. Yeah, but then he drank blood and he was like, I think that I'm stronger now. Yeah, I think it put him in a, in a situation where he didn't, he wasn't quite sure. Like, he's so confused on it. And then when this guy tells a story, that guilt starts to amplify. And he thinks... I don't know. It's a. The movie suggests, though, that he actually does get power from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously Carlisle is fucking intense later, and then whoever shows up, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think the movie is very pro cannibal. I mean, it yeah, seems to imply yeah. that you eat the flesh I, of a man and you get strong as hell, dude. Mm hmm. 
but there was something in the first part of this where you think like, oh, is he starting to have even more doubt and feel even more guilt? Like you were saying, like, shit, like I had the blood of somebody else down my throat. When in all actuality, I wouldn't have even connected that. I would have said like the blood of this guy dripping down my throat woke me up and I had the largest adrenaline rush of my life, you know. And he was buried down there pretty good. Yeah. And that's probably how, how he starts it. That's what he thinks. And then when this guy shows up and starts saying, like, oh, by the way, when you fucking you get blood inside, you get all strong and shit. It's awesome. And then he's like, oh, fuck. That's where it came from. I totally did that. Damn it. <laughs> I'm a I got vampire. a metal for and everything. I got this vampire badge right here now. Guy Pierce has, like, Ten lines in the entirety of this movie. Uh, the I first, couldn't... the first twenty-five minutes, he does not speak a word <laughs> of this film. <laughs> Which one is he? He's our main character, Boyd. Boyd. Yes. Who's the blonde guy? Jeffrey Jones, the colonel. No, that's um, Minority Report, dude. Right or right? Oh, right. Um... What's his name? It's I like can't. Dean. I don't. Something. I was trying to place him because I was like, I've seen that guy. Is it Minority yeah. Report? I think he does a TV show now. I think. Okay. Neil McDonough. Yeah, he's Reich. Yeah, he's he pops up in all sorts of shit. He's mm-hmm. he's buff as hell. Yeah, he was in. Uh, Captain America? Is it's Star about, Trek First Contact? Minority I, Report. I don't know him from either one of those, so. Apparently he's in Dark... I do not remember him in Dark Man. Maybe that's where I know him from. He's in the new Hitcher. Ooh. Recently talked about on a crossover event. Yeah, we'll cover that when we get done with this. Yeah. All right, Toffler, he goes oh, up. Oh, man, he's in fire down below. He's the bad guy. He's the casino owner that uh, Seagull has to go up against. Oh, God. What what year is that? Is it directed 97. by a woman? Okay. No, sadly. Oh, dude, I'm going to look this up. Is there a Seagull? You think That's Seagull would let a woman direct, direct him? him? 100% no. 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 I've been thinking that. <laughs> Alright, Toffler, he goes up top He finds a bone here and gets super fucking excited And then trips and falls down the mountain Pretty much uh, He's hurt, he's got a side wound going uh, We cut back to the camp that night uh, Reich, who Akron was referring to as a buff guy Is one of the soldiers here I didn't refer to him as a buff guy You, you said that You said, who's that he's, sexy, blue-stilled eye ripped dude yeah. I said, who's the blonde guy? He looks familiar. And you said. You said, who's that sexy, blue-eyed, ripped dude that turned me on the whole time I watched this movie? And I was like. Well, I think I, it's like I said it, but without words. I mean. We could see it in your eyes, man. Yeah. I think it was implied by the question I asked. Okay. You accepted, so. We'll I'm on. obviously going to. uh <laughs> Uh, incognito Google search him later so yeah. well you sent us a photo of him and you said going camping and I said what do you mean and you said this guy making me pitch a tent <laughs> I said, oh shit okay 
And you yeah. said, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> you know how mad that makes me? <laughs> I know when you do that. <laughs> you start to type. I can see the little three dots and then nothing. Mm-hmm. Fucking bitch. <laughs> it's fucking rude. I was kidding, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I said. Uh, Reich, he's taking care of uh, Toffler here. Everybody, uh, or Toffler, he's screaming for bourbon because he's feeling like shit. And Hart just kind of <laughs> it's the loudest he's, he is in the entire movie. <laughs> and finally, he's like, "Yeah, I guess give him some of that bourbon." Uh, Boyd doesn't like the sight of blood. Uh, we cut to later that night. Toffler wakes up in a panic. Hart lights a lantern, and. Uh, Calhoun, he's licking Toffler's wound here. <laughs> and Calhoun, he comes back. He's got some blood on his mouth, so he can't he can't fucking deny it here. Uh, Wright comes in and holds up a knife to Calhoun. Hart takes Calhoun outside the tent to have a conversation with him. Calhoun says uh, he was having a nightmare, and he insists that he needed to, he needs to be restrained. But uh, it's some good scene here with uh, Toffler. He's saying he's lick. He was licking me. So pretty good, pretty good shit there. And yeah, uh, Calhoun just admits it, man. He's like, yeah, pretty much put fucking handcuffs on me. Wouldn't this be a, a big red flag, guys? Be like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be traveling with this guy. I don't know what else you could do. I mean, he offers up to. You know, be restrained. Yeah, and they're still they're still like trying to be good guys to go check on this lady. I think it's a little bit on uh, Arquette's character too for just you know. I I feel like in this day and age where this movie set, you should be a little bit more careful on the top of a mountain. <laughs> Medicine and is not very good. So, oh, you mean Jeremy Davies? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Falling and shit. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to get excited over a bone and roll down a mountain, you know. Yeah. You can't be mad when animals or people eat you at that point. So, Karan, right. I, I don't think or you have, you, uh, have your any. God fix this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you have any say in this because a dude getting a bone on a mountain is the reason we covered Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the reason that Cliffhanger happens. Because mm-hmm. a guy got boned up on a mountain and <laughs> rolled his ankle. It was a knee. Yeah, it was his knee. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so- sorry, cliffhanger. Uh, didn't mean to besmirch you that way. Is that a little Canadian cron coming through? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, sorry. Sorry, I said ankle. Don't, don't be doing that, man. Somebody said that at work this week. They sorry? Said, oh, they said sorry, and I went sorry. I did and it I, to I, my I daughter. Almost, I was like, shit, I gotta. I can't explain why. Yeah, you, yeah, got, you, you gotta go up no to sense. him and be like, "There's this guy named Canadian Cron." Like, mm-hmm. you don't yeah. know super him. nice, real apologetic. Before you know it, you're out. you're explaining sixty two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, we cut to uh, the next morning here. And that's why we say, do you like jizz? It's a joke. It's not a real. <laughs> it's a joke, you fucking bitch. <laughs> just fucking joking. I'm just Jeez. joking. You can't fucking take a joke. We cut to the next morning. Right here, he's has Calhoun tied up. Uh, Calhoun, he keeps pulling the rope like a fucking dog. He's starting to get more uh, antsy and and rushy as they they're getting closer to this cave. He has to keep uh, Reich, Reich has to keep pulling them back. Uh, we got uh, George here. He calls uh, Calhoun a Wendigo. Winnebago. Winnebago. A Winnebago. Yeah. Let go of my... Don't let... Let go of my ego. I'm getting this mixed up with don't lay a finger on my butterfinger. It's a real uh, Bart Simpson thing to real do. problem. Calabunga. Eat my shorts, Karan. All right, we got to hey, the... Uh, uh, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> Do the Bart man. Jiminy Jilliker is radioactive, man. <laughs> don't. All right, we cut to the cave. Calhoun here, he's in full-on fever mode now, man. He's uh, He's acting fucking strange as shit. He wants some of that flesh, baby. Uh, the soldiers, they make their way to the cave. Calhoun really starts to freak out and begs not to be taken up to the cave. Hart starts to yell for Mrs. McCready. That's her name. Which wasn't that Billy the Kid's name, too? McCready? I don't remember. Check out our it's, episode on um, Old Henry. Kurt Russell's name. The Thing, right? McCready. Ooh. Speaking of The Thing... Calhoun, he's freaking out, saying that they're going to kill him if they find out he's there. Uh, Reich and Boyd, they get a lantern, and they head into the cave. The rest of the guard is outside. We cut to Reich and Boyd making their way through this cave. Uh, they find blood, and just uh, they found a hole with a rope leading down. Uh, Reich goes down. Uh, we cut back to Calhoun outside of the cave. He starts wigging out, just making some weird noises, and he starts to head towards uh, Toffler here. Hart tells Toffler that he's spooked. Uh, Hart gets impatient with the cave search. Uh, we cut back to into the cave. Uh, righteous stepping all over some bones and blood and all kinds of shit in the bottom of this hole that he went down. He finds a skull with some long hair, which is obviously Mrs. McGrady. And the rest of the party, skeletons, are all hanging on the cave from the cave's uh, ceiling there. Let's make a note. This is definitely going to be a a tough teen movie. (laughs) I was like, Kron's loving this. Tough teen would have a real good time with this one. He's probably wearing some fancy footwear watching it right now. <laughs> a fucking ankle bracelet from his fucking local sheriff's department. All right. You don't know, you don't know what the tough teen's up to, don't 
You don't need to besmirch him. Uh, don't make assumptions. Yeah. Right, he starts counting bodies, man. Uh, drops his lantern and immediately starts a fire, which... Did we, did we really need that? Because we don't really see it. It doesn't really come up. So, this is kind of weird. you were a cannibal, you would get to a point where you're like, I've eaten too many people. <laughs> I mean, I get that way with Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> do, sure. Do you do, you so, do like uh, a normal sized Oreo or do you do you, you do the Oreo thins? Or the, no, I, or I the mega stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I as do much the, stuffing as I can get, because I feel like they've gotten smaller. A regular that, Oreo is drop. not what it... <laughs> yeah, I want, I want as much cream as possible. I want as much stuffing as I can get. Yep. I do the thins, and I think it's worse, because you just triple down, and then before you know it, it's gone, and you're like, I should have just bought a regular pack. Yeah. We just talk- get the just get the regular ones. I mean, that's yeah. But the thins are so like just like a bite sized. Have you ever had the, the minis, the Oreo minis no. that you got in like your school lunch? Yeah, but I yeah. think we used to have them at the theater that I worked at, and you, like you just wanted to fucking eat it as cereal. <laughs> like this is just cereal. Yeah. Oreos. Yeah, to answer your question, I I think at a certain point people, or maybe they would go, I've had too many white people. <laughs> well, like, I think I, you... I got to just like, God, I, what I'd do for a Brazilian right now. I think you get to the point where you're like, I went through number five way too quick. Like, I'm enjoying it too much now. Yeah. I think like the first 10 would be, you know, put them in the deep freeze like maybe on Saturdays and then yeah it would get progressively worse like every day just gotta have it and it's also how you I mean how are you eating it Hannibal one of the great things about the show is whenever they would show him prepare like random ass meals you're like oh some missing his liver and then whatever he's eating like I don't know where the liver is in this but Looks delicious. Yeah. The nice wine. Oh, are you saying like if you ate a meal with Hannibal, like halfway through, he would look over at you and say, uh, you know, this is a liver. And you would say, what? (laughs) It doesn't even taste like that. I normally hate liver, but this is delicious. Mm. It'd be like one of those, uh, you know, hidden camera commercials. (laughs) Did you know you were eating liver the whole time? (gasps) Oh, I never. I got to tell my husband about this. I didn't even taste the onions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, if I could get this at home, I think we'd eat this once a week. Where'd you find this? All right. <laughs> he drops his lantern. We start a fire in this cave. He yells, it's trap. Uh, we cut back to the outside of the cave. Calhoun walks back over to where uh, he was sitting He's kind of leaning up against a rock, kind of hiding. Uh, he starts rapidly digging, gentlemen. I think I this, this is the most terrifying thing in the movie. Yeah. He starts just digging this hole. 
And uh, we cut back to Reich and uh, Boyd here. They pretty much telling, trying to tell Hart that he killed everybody in the cave. Uh, Reich and Boyd finally run to the uh, Boyd finally run to the entrance of the cave. Reich is trying to tell Calhoun to or trying to tell Hart to kill Calhoun. Uh, meanwhile, Calhoun doesn't dig up what he's going after all the way. He comes back and freaks out um, Toffler a little more and then goes back to the hole and starts digging up more. And he finally reveals that he dug up a knife, man. Uh, he rushes towards in towards a, Hart. A knife man. A like knife a, man. Like a man made out of knives. <laughs> Just a knife. Uh, he he rushes in and stabs Hart. Uh, George is up top here. He throws a tomahawk at Calhoun, but uh, he pulls Hart in and it hits him in the back instead of uh, hitting Calhoun. Uh, he shoots George with Hart's pistol. Calhoun lifts the pistol to shoot Toffler, but it clicks and he kind of sits there and says, that's so annoying. And then run and then we get the chase is on toffler starts running up the thing uh boyd and reich they come out of the cave and find hart dying of his wounds from the stab uh reich yells for toffler he sees calhoun chasing him up the ridge uh boyd and reich follow they try to catch up to toffler uh they're kind of lost in the woods up here they don't really see anybody they hear they're hearing some noises though we see Calhoun. He's cleaning up his knife. Uh, he kind of looks over and sees both of them and he yells, Die! Uh, the chase continues. Uh, they find Toffler. He's got a giant hole missing out of his chest. So, <laughs> not sure what he did with the flesh there. Maybe, Maybe. he bit that hole in him and <laughs> swallowed it. Uh, Reich asks, Boyd, if he's loaded, uh, he says, as you, as always, the chase continues. Uh, they find Calhoun. He's on a bluff. He's a quick man. They shoot at him. Bullets miss him. Calhoun jumps out of nowhere, throws a knife into Wright's chest, and he falls off the bluff. Uh, Boyd shoots Calhoun uh, square in the chest. It looks like he hits him in the chest, but it might be a shoulder. I don't know. It's like here. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So in his shoulder. So he goes down. Uh, Calhoun gets up laughing, though. Uh, Calhoun edges towards Boyd, and Boyd's kind of near the edge of this bluff here. Uh, He has no way out, so he's like, fuck it. I'm jumping. But he's smart enough to jump into the trees there, so that kind of breaks his fall a little bit on the way down. But Question. Still looks like it hurt like a motherfucker. Was he trying to aim for a tree and save himself, or was he just like, fuck, I'd rather just die than be killed and eaten? It kind of looks like he jumps for the trees, I thought. Okay. If you were just going to jump in the sense of, like, I would rather die, wouldn't you, like, kind of swan dive it? I guess. Maybe it's just missing an insert of like him looking and seeing like trees a little bit more. You know? I yeah. I just thought, well, fuck, maybe he's like, fuck this. I'd rather just die. Yeah, but, I, f- 
I felt like it was either I know I'm going to lose to this guy or I'm going to take the slim chance of jumping off this cliff won't kill me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hits a hill, so it doesn't look too terribly high, I guess. I don't know. It looked high as hell, Dan. It's a, it creates enough velocity. He rolls down this fucking hill for 45 seconds, I think. it's. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he jumped off of a cliff, dude. Yeah. Uh, it was. <laughs> it looked like he was uh, free-falling, like yeah. in Cliffhanger. I mean, when Rambo did it, he was like from the cliff face to the tree. It wasn't like up from the cliff coming straight down to the peak of the tree. Well, he hits a hill, so that's, you know, that's a plus. Dan, find where it was filmed. We'll go there and you jump off. Mm -hmm. Well, we jump all together. One, two, three, go, guys. Uh, on this fall, he knocks into Reich. They continue to fall together. Uh, Boyd falls into what seems to be like a pit. Uh, Reich is still alive because he falls in face first. He starts to try to choke, or choke, choke Boyd. Doink. It's pronounced doink. <laughs> Reich falls uh, to the side and he finally dies as he's as Boyd gets away. Why? Why does he try to choke him? Because this is all his fault. Not really. I, I don't know. I rewound it a couple of times, and I was like, I don't know why this... Because it looks like they both just fall down into that kind of ditch together, and then the blonde guy just starts choking Boyd for what seems like no reason at all. I mean, he doesn't like him from the get-go. He constantly talks shit about him. He probably, like Dan was saying, he probably blames him in some way. Like, you know, if you weren't such a pussy... But that could be. I mean, I mean, he did shoot at him and it only hit him in the shoulder, maybe. Or was he already dead before that? I just took it as a you fucking asshole. This is all your fault. So. Yeah, man. What else are you going to do whenever with your last breath of life, Kron? Wouldn't it be to choke me and see if you could kill me, too? As we were talking about off pod, uh, all uh, Friday the 13th part 5 I would hope there was a boob involved <laughs> let me see a boob <laughs> I don't have long left just one last time please just one. you don't need to be so greedy this is why boob should be uh, your like background on your phone mm-hmm. you know yeah it should be a picture of a boob that changes every 10 seconds I mean yeah I think I'm gonna and that should rich. be that Put should a be government of some boobs in my hat. That should be government me. mandated. That should be on all of our phones, so it's not all, weird. All of our currency, <laughs> you know, like if you're in a drug deal gone wrong and you open up a briefcase, ten thousand dollars, somebody shoots you. Yeah, at least you've clicked open. Oh man, is this just for ten, men or? Ten, the the chicks have to have ladies boob- love boobs too. Boobs I think on boobs there are pretty universal. Yeah. Do they? I think they do. I hope they do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we know anything about women. I was just kidding, though. Even if they don't, okay. This category is demanding women, guys. We're supposed to be building women up. We're not talking about their boobs. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I like a thing that makes women feminine, Dan. Mm-hmm. You fucking chauvinist, dude. Doing the dishes. <laughs> whoa, 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 dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding, ladies. I love you. That's why we buy dishwashers. Uh, Calhoun, he's pacing, pacing back and forth up here at the top of this bluff. I would cut back down to Boyd. He's broken his leg. He's got a piece of bone coming out of that motherfucker, man, because of this fall. Uh, Calhoun makes his way down to where Boyd fell, but he can't find him. Uh, we cut to the, that night. Boyd pushes his bone pretty much back into his leg. Uh, we cut to Calhoun. He's feasting on all of his kills. He's dragging him into the cave, just kind of laughing. Boyd's still laying low where he fell. Uh, we got many nights that go by here, and Boyd's still stuck in there with uh, Rike. And Calhoun, he's just having a blast, man, eating his ass off, fattening up off of all these dead bodies he had. Uh, Boyd can't take it anymore. Uh, he eats some of uh, Rike's leg. Uh, this restores his strength to where he can finally get back to Fort Spencer. And, uh, gentlemen, we got a pee break. Holy shit, get damaged, Paul Verhoeven. I'm here. The boys, they sent away. I'm at uh, currently the, the wettest orgy I've ever been in. Uh, it's delicious here. Post-pandemic people, vaccinations, and people just getting... Quite weird, man. Anyway, the boys, the dirty dudes, they said they want you to get on the Spotify, hit the five stars on the Apple. You do the follow, you rate, review. You do this for the boys, and uh, maybe they not be so dirty. I tell you what, this fucking dirty is this goddamn orgy. Let me get back to this. Welcome back to the Five Day Rentals podcast. Thank you for making it this far. We love all of you. Um. We're in the middle of Ravenous here from 1999. Our first film in our category, Demanding Women. Uh, this has to be directed by women. That's all that is. No, uh, don't cancel us. Uh, we got cannibalism. We got. Yeah, they are uh, super demanding, though. And they always exert it. You know, they're making you do everything. <laughs> you know how broads are, right? Mm-hmm. We got cannibalism, uh, <laughs> which Kron is doing to his own marriage right now. Um, He's not going to hear this. <laughs> this is the one choice. <laughs> yeah, probably. At this point, it's almost worth getting in trouble because it's like you fucking you listened. It'll like, be I'm even, baiting you. you know? Thank It'll you. Be <laughs> even crazier than that. It'll be like I was scrubbing through an episode at 8x speed and. Hit play right when that joke landed. This is the one that will get us on the Today Show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like three guys made Michael Jackson jokes last night. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get canceled before we've even had our been made. Yeah, five minutes of fame. Yeah, so we're in the middle of Ravenous here from 1999. Uh, like I said, cannibalism, the Spanish-American War. If any of these interest you, then you should probably watch this film. Yeah, it was the Mexican. Spanish-American War, right? I thought it was Mexican-American War. 
1847. Eighteen forty-seven Mexican-American War. There we go. Good catch, Bones. So we're in that time frame, folks. It's olden times. It has to do with cannibals. It's got some funky uh, soundtracks, and it's got David Arquette in it. Man, he's doing peyote. No, uh, it's ancient times, but there are no Pinocchio puppets, so don't be confused. Yeah, don't we don't let Kron do any history historical stuff on the show. We've learned that. It should have said the category is whatever you want to do. That's what it should have been. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this movie would have been more fun with a killer Pinocchio. I, that's your your solution to every movie we do. Mm-hmm. And name a movie we've watched that wouldn't have been better. Yeah, you might be right. Robot Jacks? I can think of one, which is Schindler's List. <laughs> we haven't covered that yet. That's next week. Yeah, but that's the one movie I can think of that would make it better? No, it wouldn't be better with a killer Pinocchio. Some people might disagree with you there. This is the kind of joke we should have just moved on from. <laughs> I'm Not- just I can't help but imagine like a killer Pinocchio. And he's like holding back two German shepherds. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> just caught up in his strings. Mm-hmm. They take off and he's just dragging across the cobblestone. We're getting too real here. Boyd, uh, he finally makes it back to Fort Spencer after this whole ordeal. Uh, he has some rust, uh, rust. He has some rough time adjusting to being back at the fort. He's having some bad dreams and shit like that. Not getting much sleep. Uh, we cut to Boyd asking uh, asking Martha here. She's a George's brother or sister. Sorry, uh, asking him, asking her how to stop a Wendigo. Uh, Winnebago. Winnebago. He takes. He take. Or okay, yeah. He, he, she says that whoever it is. They always take, they never give. So pretty much there's no way to stop them until you kill them. Uh, we got the Boyd meeting with General uh, Slauson here. That's the general at the beginning of the film. And uh, Coleslaw. John Spencer. Is, is that his real name? Uh, yeah, the guy from uh, West Wing. Yep. And then he was, uh, I was like, fuck, there's somewhere else I know him from. And he's he's in The Rock. Ah. Womack, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, in uh, The Negotiator, which is a real fucking good movie. Ruined by Kevin Spacey's presence. This is me. Jerking think, off in the shower. I think you mean heightened. It's yeah. all downhill from here. I mean, I, yeah. It's a good movie, though. It is. I love Negotiator. Yeah. All right. he's We got Boyd. He's meeting with uh, General Slauson. Uh, he says that they went out and searched for Hart and found the cave, and there was nothing there. Uh, he states to Boyd that they need facts, not myth. Slauson does not believe Boyd. 
he pretty much tells them that Calhoun murdered them all and just he pretty much tells them what happened and he doesn't believe them. We cut to Slauson. He's letting Boyd uh, meet the replacement for Colonel Hart here at Fort Spencer. And in walks Calhoun, guys, as Colonel Ives. But he was Colonel Ives the whole time. What? What? What's what? going on, man? Did you see that coming, Kron? Yeah. What the fuck? Did you flip your Calling sandwich? Your fucking pants down. Dude, I... I turned off my TV and fucking scratched my head for 20 minutes, dude. <laughs> Walked around your living room like, mm-hmm. damn it. At least, you didn't, at least you didn't throw your beer at the TV, go upstairs and watch Batman Forever on your iPad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always that. I mean, sounds like a good option to me. It's like Sounds like my day. Are you mad that in uh, the Batman, Edward Nigma doesn't have a big fucking TV antenna sticking on people's heads? Yeah, or a, a onesie? <laughs> you notice he's wearing the same glasses, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some like clear... Uh, this clear frame? Yeah. Yeah. That's literally where I am in the movie, so don't talk about anything after that. <laughs> Did not finish it yet. All right. It could have been six hours. <laughs> it could have been an hour and a half. <laughs> no. I think I just got to where he's meeting him at the club. He just met the penguin. Okay. So the I've first already, time he's there? I've already you, seen it. I mean, You don't think they could have cut anything? Nope. There's a part in the middle where it's kind of like uh, Falcone, Maroney, Oz. Maroney. <laughs> like, it's just. I just think. Say all names necessary. over and over. <laughs> we could talk later, but you need to finish the film first, and then yeah. I can. Then I can. Uh, might agree with you. Um, All right. We got Calhoun. He walks in as Colonel Ives. He's looking suave as hell, dude. He's shaved. He doesn't have no blood on his face and shit. You know, not looking like a cannibal. Uh, He asked uh, Boyd House's leg. <laughs> Pretty funny there. Uh, Boyd pretty much falls face first into a fucking table here. <laughs> Just, Dumbass. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, Boyd tells Slauson that that uh, that Ives is the man that killed everybody. Uh, we got drunk ass Knox. He's trying to identify him, but he can't remember him. Uh, that's what Slauson thing. He's heard Slauson's like, well, go ask Knox. He knows what what this Calhoun guy looked like. Yeah, that was kind of convenient. I mean, I've been pretty drunk. I could, I could pick you guys out in the lineup. Yeah, I don't well, know if you've been like we'll test the level out. of drunk that this guy's maintained for his tour there, though. <laughs> it's five years. And how come Knox is allowed to drink all the bourbon he wants, but uh, Cleves isn't allowed to do all the peyote that he likes? That's not he fair. is. The only time he tells him not to is when he goes to go get supplies. Okay. So he's still allowed to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's pretty... I think he's sort of cool with it. I mean, it's, he and Boyd sort of hit the pipe when they're camping. It's one yeah. of those... I, 
I think the Colonel is one of those like uh, cool parents that's like, I don't care what you do just as long as you're at the house. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to answer for you later. Yeah, just don't go out. You know, don't get in trouble. But as long as you're here on the property, you can yeah, party it up. All right. Boyd says that he shot Calhoun in the shoulder. They asked to see Colonel Ives' sh- shoulder here. He partakes. Uh, he takes one it shoulder. It is so down. sexy the way it's he reveals each one of these. Sh- He's got some Little, sexy shoulders, man. Yeah, man. Karan, what do you think of these shoulders? Well, they were good, but it is kind of, you know, he kind of like slips one out at a time. I mean, mm-hmm. he's playing it up. It's titillating. He, he knows what he's doing. He, he knows he's got some shoulder game there. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's probably, they probably shot him in like the chest at first, and he's like, no, guys, shoulders. Well, and you, like, okay. you know all these guys. They're not seeing too many bare shoulders, so. Yeah, that's mm. true. Maybe. Maybe bears' shoulders. Yes, there's a lot of animal. Let's just say uh, when these shoulders come out, there's a lot of guys uh, just you know grabbing their textbooks to put in front of their crotches. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of guys looking in the door like, oh shit, look at those fine golden shoulders. All right, Uh, like I said, he pulls one down. Nothing there. He pulls the other. Nothing there. Uh, General and his men, they leave Fort Spencer, so Slauson leaves. Uh, We cut to dinner that evening. Uh, Cleves thinks Boyd killed everybody. He walks in and hears this, uh, asks if he's using this big-ass knife and takes it. Uh, Boyd has a fantasy about killing and eating uh, Cleves. Did you see that big-ass hammer Cleves was using? What was he even doing? That... Harley Quinn level mallet. <laughs> it was big. What he was like lighting some. Sh- I don't even know what he was doing. What are you making here, dude? Hammering tiki torches or some shit. Yeah, yeah I just weird. couldn't get. Hey, it's a giant hammer, and he's like holding it by the the end and just sort of sl- like lightly tapping it. I'm like, no, dude, that thing's meant to be fucking swung. Well, and he knows like that fair, you know, one of those fucking test your might hammer swings. Yeah, and he knows that Boyd's looking at him, and he's like, he's like making all these noises and shit. Yeah, like, what the fuck is this guy ripped out of his mind, just building some shit? Fucking peyote, man, who to do that to you? Huh? All right, we cut to uh, that evening. Everybody's chilling. Boyd's tired as hell, man. He hasn't been sleeping. Ives uh, snaps a book close and Boyd jumps up and holds the knife up to him. Uh, Then Boyd goes outside. Ives eventually comes outside. He passes him up. He follows. Ives tells Boyd he found uh, Reich and he noticed that he ate him. He said, you didn't finish, but he must have been tough. All soldiers are. Ives goes into the story of why he became uh, uh, Wendigo. He was sick. He had tuberculosis, and he was pretty much going to die. Then some old Indian told him about eating the flesh of another man, and he said, well, nothing's worked so far, so let's try it. And he loved it, Uh, Mm y'all. Ives knows Boyd has tasted the power. Did he try ivermectin? (laughs) I mean, 
No, it's not human. It's a horse, right? It's for horses. It's for horses. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it could have helped his tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it around at this time? Government's had it for fucking years, man. That's the problem. Yeah. Fucking media, man. Well, you just take a little and rub it on your gums and see how you're feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, bleach didn't exist yet, so he couldn't pour it in his asshole. Uh, no, way, no way to get a really bright light into his body. <laughs> All right, yeah. You need those I, uh, uh, Macho Man glasses, though, <laughs> to operate that light. <laughs> oh, yeah, open it up. We're going to sanitize the inside. Think I'm having a heart attack. Better speed up. Shane it over here, brother. Get over here. Snap Wait, it cells. back. Back. Hey, uh, quick sidebar. Uh, on the videos that I uploaded uh, that Steve sent a link out for, there's a, a copy of WrestleMania 9, which features, <laughs> features a match where uh, Doink is fighting someone and Macho Man is doing color commentary. All right. <laughs> it's well worth your time. Okay. Jesus Christ. I just came across a clip of, uh, I think it's Mean Gene, and he's interviewing Danny DeVito. (laughs) Like he had come to a WrestleMania event or something, and they're in the locker room, and Roddy Piper comes in, like having just showered, and Roddy Piper's in just like a towel, and just fucking pushes Danny DeVito out of the way and just starts going off and riffing like about how uh, Hogan's a bitch oh man it was great I wish I was a little bit older and I could have enjoyed Roddy Piper a little bit more the more I the more I see of him the more I'm like oh he would have been my absolute favorite that's my guy sorry so sorry Sorry. Piper's Piper's right. Um All right. Ives knows that Boyd has tasted the flesh of another man. Uh and he knows that he's fighting it. And Boyd uh and he wants to know why. <laughs> kind, of, kind of sound like you're fighting it right now, Dan. <laughs> I lost my spot. <laughs> All right, Boyd says because Boyd says because it's wrong. Uh, mortality is for cowards. Uh, Boyd cuts Ives' hand. Uh, he taunts Boyd with his own or with his blood. There, uh, Boyd knocks Ives uh, down to the ground, puts a knife to his throat. Martha comes flying in here out of fucking nowhere and puts a knife to Boyd's throat and says, "If you kill him, I'm going to kill you." God Not- damn it. Martha man Knox comes out he wants to know what's going on uh, Ives and Boyd or Ives says that Boyd's, Boyd attacked them uh, Knox puts Boyd under arrest uh, then they realize that uh, Cleves is missing he kind of just says like you're under arrest <laughs> like he, yeah. 
Well, then he, he's he's kind of like drunk with a cowboy hat on. And well, he says tells Cleve to get him and put him lock him up, and then mm-hmm. Mar- Martha takes off to go find him. Yeah, uh, but it's she, like he's a uh, he's too drunk to do anything himself. He's just kind of like when someone else shows up, you're uh, under arrest. So no, because he cleans up uh, Ives' wound there for him. Mm-hmm. So he's not too drunk to do that, at least. Because that's what you want the drunk guy to be doing. Uh, Martha, she goes into one of the the horse shed here and finds that the horses are all cut up. Uh, she runs to the window to tell Knox. Blood starts pouring onto her face. Uh, Cleves is up there dead. He's all fucking cut open. Knox knocks out Boyt and blames him for the murder and the horse stuff that went on. Uh, we cut to Martha. She's being volunteered. You did all that horse stuff. <laughs> yeah, the horses gotta get tied up. Can't be doing hey. no horse stuff. Hey, you did all that horse stuff, didn't you? <laughs> Fucking sicko. You're gonna regret the time you did that horse stuff, you hear me? Anything but the horses. Come on. They didn't deserve that. Uh, we cut to Martha. She's being voluntold to go get Slauson because they need to put Boyd into a military prison for what he's done here. Nice use. Somebody works around a military base. It's in the local. It's in the civilian. Did you say voluntold? Yeah. yeah. You never heard that? No. Oh. You're being voluntold? Uh, it means you have to do it, Kron. You don't have a choice. You're the guy. You're the man, baby. Like when I joined this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we we told you. Like, and you can't ever quit either. We got you on an endless contract. I'm I'm blackmailing you with all that horse stuff you did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we got Ives. He locks the entrance to Fort Spencer once Martha leaves. Uh, we cut to Ives. He's fucking with Boyd here. He's chained up to his bunk. Ives, he's getting hungry, so he starts cooking. Uh, Boyd asks, he starts asking for Knox, thinking he's dead, but he comes he's like in. chopping onions and potatoes, and that looks so fucking good. I was like, just make a fucking vegetable stew, bro. I was like, it probably smells great in there. Like the fire, like mm-hmm. the onions cooking and shit like that. Yeah, it probably had like a whole stock going. <laughs> like, Oh, man. I bet it would have been. It would have been delicious without the human meat in it. Yeah. This is the fucking yeah, cooking really? show that I want to see on Food Network. Human like, flesh with Captain Ives. Oh, I thought it was going to be like old timey pot. Some like like toothless dude telling stories and And that's the time I did all that horse stuff. Alright, now we're gonna make a gumbo. Alright. You don't might not think about this, but you gotta take the horse and mix it with these pine needles and it's gonna taste great. Alright, we got Boyd. He's he's like I said, he's asking around for Knox. Knox finally comes in and asks where his sword is that was hanging above the fireplace. And Ives says he hasn't seen it. Uh Boyd asks Ives when he killed uh when he killed 
uh, Cleves and the horses. Knox runs in and warns Boyd to shut the fuck up. Uh, Boyd passes by with the or somebody passes by with a sword in their hand. We think it's Ives. Knox probably, comes uh, back. It's probably Bodine who's got the sword. That's where you did get a nickname from. What movie was that? Scarecrows? Uh, Pledge Night. Pledge Night, okay. No, Bodine. It's Bodine. We've got to find Bodine. He's got the sword. Knox comes back in, closes one of the doors, and turns around to the other, and uh, the sword pretty much just takes him out. Uh, then all of a sudden... Our, our Boyd sees him fall down through the cracks in the door of, of where he's at. And we see somebody approaching that door. And dudes, in comes Hart. He opens up the door and says, hey, to Boyd. What? what? What's going Whoa. on, dude? Fuck. Weird as hell. Hart killed Cleves and the horses. Boyd asks how he's still alive. He explains that Ives started feeding him and it brought him back to life pretty much. And now he feels great. Uh, he tells Boyd that he's got to eat to get better because why not? He takes him outside and where Ives is preparing knocks. And Ives goes on a rant about manifest destiny and how spring will bring more people to eat because they're coming west. He explains that America makes his group of cannibals possible. Boyd says, not me. Ives wants Boyd on his team. He says, it's easy. Just give in, man. I've stabbed Boyd to make him eat. Because if he doesn't eat, he's going to bleed out. Uh, we cut to Hart. He's serving Boyd uh, some Knox stew there. Which looks delicious, right, guys? Yeah, man. Uh, Ives says, uh, hint of bourbon in there, you know, smoky, have a, have a pipe and a bourbon after you get done eating a nice Knox stew. There's probably like a bourbon pairing that goes along with the Mm -hmm. Knox stew. It's probably already pretty bourbon-y. But then somebody gives you like a, they're like, oh, here are all the tasting notes. And you're like, I don't know, it doesn't taste like cardamom to me. It's like peach. I don't know if I can taste that. What are you talking about? Sorrow. That's not even a... I'm sorry. It's a a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, the regret of eating a Knox too. (laughs) So was Hart working with Ives? Is that why he wanted to go and try to save Mrs. McGrady or whatever her name was? No. No? Okay. That was kind of my theory. I think Calhoun liked him and could salvage him and brought him over to his side. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you save a man by serving him human meat, it's kind of hard to, you know, deny the power of it. Like, yeah. if you're dying and it makes you not die, then... Yeah. You can't really say thanks and catch a Uber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey yeah, man, you're thanks. Kind of, you're kind of committed Hart, to the lifestyle at that point, so. And Hart himself was a guy who talked a lot about, like, you know, we tried to run away from the world to get here, and then we want to run away from here. So he's, you know, he's he's having existential crises. 
Yeah, those walnuts, man. Yeah, you just no. can't fucking get them open. Now he can. Oh, yeah. The strength of 500 Michael Jacksons. Uh, Ive says, uh, eat to live, don't live to eat. A boy bleeps out some more, and then he starts eating because he knows he's going to die. So he starts to eat it. Eat the Knox. Uh, we got the Boyd. He's looking a lot healthier now, gentlemen, because he ate. Uh, Hart brings in more food. Boyd tells Hart that he could use some fresh air. Uh, Hart says, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Offers him a walnut. He cracks it with his bare hands because he's got the strength of of another man in him now. Uh, he goes on about his books. He misses him, I guess. <laughs> I've got the strength of another man inside me. <laughs> That's what happens when you eat his flesh. I'm so Tom. pumped full of strength. <laughs> I was just looking out uh, for the general. I guess he's supposed to be there that day. And boys ask, uh, Boyd asks Hart to let him go. Hart freaks out. Uh, you have to kill to live, he says. Uh, this pretty much makes Hart realize what he's done, and he agrees to let Boyd go, but he must kill him before he goes after Ives. Uh, Boyd takes the knife, slits Hart's throat. Uh, just as that's happening, Ives, Ives comes up, sees what's happening, and the fight is on, gentlemen, between Boyt and Hart. Or not Hart. Boyt Knives. Sorry. We got some sword action going on. Uh, they take it outside. Uh, they go into a where they go into like the kitchenette area where everybody was cooking. Ives has some uh, now has a blood cross on his forehead that he's put on there. Uh, Boyt goes back outside, goes into a shed and sees some bear traps, but then takes off to another area. Uh, Ives starts a fire down. The it's, the biggest bear trap you've ever seen, though, too. I mean, that big designed, bears I there. think, for a woolly mammoth, I guess. Yeah. A Wendigo? Trying to catch a Bigfoot out there, I think, so... Give me this Sasquatch. So the fight continues. He builds a fire like on like a lean-to thing outside. Uh, Boyd steals Ives, or steals, stabs Ives with a garden fork. Uh, and then Ives stabs oh, Boyd the with a fork part? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, so he like, doesn't he come at him with it and then he catch it? Like, do you guys think you could catch a pitchfork like that? Because... It's yeah, like it's, if you if you time it too soon, you're just getting stabbed in the hand. Too late. Yeah. The pitchfork is already in your chest. You have to yeah. time it like just perfectly to. But it's you've got, got cannibal strength speed. now, man. Yeah, yeah. It's got the cannibal in them, dude. I mean, can you only imagine the amount of accounting I could do after eating you, Kron? Sure. Yeah, I'd be great at it. Or I'll eat you and look up some I'd eat you and I'd I'd be like, what a fucking hack. He doesn't know shit about accounting. Typing on a tin key so fast that it fucking lights on fire, dude. (laughs) Uh I've stabs Boyd with a knife here. They trade headbutts. Boyd gets uh clever. Or cleaver, sorry. (laughs) Ives has uh Cleave a girl. Oh, it's a fork. What? 
Oh, he has the uh, the garden fork there, the pitchfork. Shoot her! Uh, Shoot her! Boyd cleavers the shit out of Ives' arm, and he just, like, curls up like a fucking bitch, bro. Like, uh, you got my arm. Uh, he starts beating him with a piece of wood. It's pretty, pretty thick piece of wood there. Ives rolls Boyd and stabs him more. Uh, Boyd collapses, leans in, or he collapses the lean-to onto Ives. Ives climbs out. Boyd finds the, he's, he finds him in the tool shed that he went into where he's seen the bear trap. Lifts him up, takes a knife out of his back. Boyd grabs Ives and uses his remaining body strength to push him onto the ground. Bear trap swings up and hits him both, gentlemen. Ives kind of says, that was sneaky. And he says, you know, if you die first, I'm definitely going to eat you. And he said, the question is, if you die, are you going to eat me? Bon appetit. Uh, in comes Slauson. They look around the place. Slauson tastes it's a stew. And then Boyd says, or not Boyd, uh, Ives says, eat or die. Roll the credits, gentlemen. That was 1999's Ravenous. Don't you think uh, Boyd got the worst bit of that bear trap scenario? Because he kind of, it's like Ives falls down, Boyd falls on top of him, and then the trap shuts. So, like, all the metal teeth are in Boyd, basically. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be some on the bottom. So Ives has some behind him, but it feels, I'm sure most of the pressure is coming in. To Boyd, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, fucking Ives has that keto breath. <laughs> Just all funky. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think this may kill him, but wouldn't it, it would take a while, right? I mean, it's not... I don't know. I guess they're already fucked up pretty good, right? Well, whoever whoever outlives the other could eat the other, regain their strength, and... Live on. Yeah. Right, but you've got to push the trap apart as well. Like, it's one thing to eat the guy and get your strength back, but you still got to get that fucking shit out of your back. Yeah. Either way, yeah, bear mean, trap I, would fucking suck, though. Yeah, man. If one of those hit your spine... Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... It. You'd at least want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the general's going to come in and basically find them bleeding out and then think that they were having a gay romp. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like... <laughs> oh, fell into a bear trap. Lovers. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to mess with this one. They're rolling in the hay so much... Are you really that bored out here? <laughs> I knew you were no hero. <laughs> well, cool. gentlemen, do we want to hear some research? Yeah, what you got? Uh, not a lot here, really. Loosely based on the Donner Party from 1847. Um, the writer, Mr. Tim Griffin, got the idea from... Reading the Thin Man, 
which I'm not sure how that came about, but okay. Hmm, what if the thin man ate people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, Mrs. Uh, Antonia Bird, she passed away in October of 2013. Uh, like I said, uh, Guy Pierce doesn't speak a word of dialogue until after 25 minutes into the film. This was John Spencer's last uh, film. He was on the West Wing after this, so I guess this is the last one he starred in. Or not starred in, but was part of. But that's really it. Not too much on there on the old pond for the research. Released March 19th, 1999. Uh, estimated budget of $12 million. Uh, made a box office of a little over a million dollars. What a stinker, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't very popular. This is one I remember on uh, previews a lot from what I would rent. I guess this movie have a preview uh, of this one should have ate a more popular movie to (laughs) gain some power. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of come come around these days. As a kind of a cult classic, I guess. But, I mean, you can say that about every fucking movie nowadays. When that 20th like. Century Fox fanfare kicks in, you're like, oh shit. It's, it's an actual fucking studio movie. Fucking crazy. But yeah, I know there's a lot of trouble with the directors. Um, this was one of... Uh, what's his guy? Calhoun, who plays Calhoun. This is his his friend she directed a lot of uh shakespeare stuff that he was in back in england so he brought her in they had one guy they canned him they brought in another guy and like the whole crew was like nah dude we're not working with that guy and then they finally brought in uh antonia bird there oh and she got it done i think if anything well, I'll wait. Are we ready to move I'll on wait. to uh, America and Canada's favorite game? Rate my letterbox? North of the border? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, we like the game. You guys it's... do a good job. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Rate my box. Cron, would you like to go first? I'll go first unprompted uh i'm gonna give dan i mean you bought this on blu-ray so i'm gonna guess you like this one uh i'm gonna go with a four for dan i'm gonna go with a three for bones I'm going to go with a 3.5 for Dan and a 3 for Kyle. Cron Howard, I'm going to go a 2.5. Bones, I'm going to go with a 2.5. All right, so I think. On this one, man, I was going back and forth the entire time I was watching it between 2.5 and 3. Um, I think I am going to land at 2.5. Like, 
I like this movie, but at the same time, it, I don't know, it just doesn't do much for me. Like, it was enjoyable enough to watch, but I just don't see myself, like, revisiting it a lot. Um, Also, by the end of the movie, I was like, I either love the score to this or I hate the score to this movie. It's so, like, repetitive and kind of jittery and... um, it's got some like weird string things going on. Um, I don't know, man. There's like this, this movie all kind of feels like that where it's like, I don't, there are parts of it. I love and parts of it. I hate. And I guess at the end of the day, um, I'll just put it all together and say it's right down the middle for me. So 2.5. The thing I stopped myself from talking about earlier was the score uh if anything seems like really disjointed it's that um it's a competently made movie uh it's really well acted but it's it's almost like not scary enough or not comedic enough it's sort of dry in there um i'm a three it's i mean that's my over the plate number uh, I did have fun rewatching it second time. Rewatching it f- just for notes and stuff. I was quickly bored. Three uh, gentlemen, at the time of this review from us, Ravenous from nineteen ninety nine has a current rating of three point six on Letterboxd. Um. I'm at 3.5. I guess this had a little bit of more spunk to it whenever I was back in 99, I guess. And I watched it a few other times. I think I found it in the $5 DVD bin at Walmart, I think, one time. And that's why I owned it on DVD. And the Blu-ray was only 10 bucks, So I was like, yeah, fuck it. At least I don't have to rent it twice. But uh, well acted. Uh, Guy Pierce is fucking. He's gold, dude. He's anything he does is good. I mean, he was almost Batman. Yeah, you know, we could have had that. Uh, yeah, well acted. I I kind of like the soundtrack. I think it works. Um. But yeah, I agree with Bones. It could have been a little more horror, I guess. This was, I mean, it has enough comedy. I just think she maybe needed a little bit more of the the horror there. So yeah, you know. What did I say? 3.5, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's what I'm landing on. All right, guys. Uh, Ravenous would have an average score from us of a three. We've been hitting this number pretty pretty hard lately on average scores. Um, right now, this would be at number 29 out of 60 on the big list. It would be right above Black Dog with a 2.85. And it would be grouped with uh, several other films. So right now, this would technically be tied with Hollow Man, Drive, Hostage, in that order between what we've given stuff a 3-2. 
That might be my order. Uh, that's definitely my order. Like, I'm fine with All Man Drive, Hostage, and Ravenous being the last three of that group. Yeah. I mean, I'd put Drive over Hollow Man, but that's fine. That works. I, it's already hurtful that this is above Black Dog. <laughs> All right, so we're going to leave it where it stands. Uh, yep. Ravenous would end up at number 29 on the big list. I'm happy with that. That's fine. Yeah. Cron, uh, speaking of Rate My Letterbox scores, we all ate each other. We all got a 1.5. All right, at the end of round four, uh, I would have a six, Bones would have a 4.5, Dan would have a four. Well, thanks for picking that, Dan. Thanks for the new category. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, It's a pleasure, as always. Uh, That was Ravenous from 1999. Uh, we're gonna take a take a break here to shower off, and Kron is going to reveal our second pick for demanding women. Uh, you can find Ravenous on uh, whatever platform you have. You got to rent it. Sorry about that. It's three ninety nine. Or like I said, Blu Ray is like ten ninety nine on Amazon if you want to go that far. Uh, check it out. Check out our. Uh, our last category was high octane pulse pounding thrill rides. Uh, so there's some good shit in there as well. Check yep. us out, rate us. But as always, crash and burn, guys. Eat me. Buddies forever. <laughs> everybody to the five day rentals podcast this is the after shower segment of the show where uh we let our hair hang down a little bit finally we can uh you know not censor ourselves so much hey eyes up here dan (laughs) oh hey i didn't know you were coming in shirtless all right guys so dan gave us this category uh demanding women Mostly because he hates women, I think. I love women, baby. Uh, but I was looking at I was looking at a few different things. Uh, there is a pretty comprehensive list on Letterboxd. Um, several, actually. I mean, I looked at one that was just kind of in general movies directed by women, 
I looked at one specific to horror directed by women. Uh, And I came across the title of a movie that I think around Halloween I had started this movie and never finished it. And for a while I've been like, I got to go back and finish this movie at some point because it seemed like a good time. Uh, So guys, we are going to go to the year 1980. We're going to watch a movie called Humanoids from the Deep. This is directed by Barbara Peters. Uh, This movie is kind of famously... She directed it, but it was basically co-opted by Roger Corman. So she turned in a cut of this movie. Corman was like, there's not enough tits and violence. And then either him or like a second unit director, he sent out to basically just film a bunch of tits and blood, and then he recut the movie. Um, But this is Barbara Peters' movies, so it counts for this. Uh, Yeah, Humanoids from the Deep. Have either of you seen this? No. It's been on my list for a while, so I think first for me. I think this one is on Amazon. Maybe Shudder as well, but I know for sure for free on Amazon, so... Um, hell yeah! I'm not seeing Amazon. I am seeing Shutter. Okay. Well, do we all still have Shutter? I keep it for this podcast. Okay. Yeah. It so it it's got the the Amazon tie-in stuff. Gotcha. You can watch it on Amazon if you got the things tied in. But excellent. We got an hour and twenty minutes. Mm Hmm. Yeah, another another sub ninety minute pick from Kron. Oh man, I can't wait to watch this. Hey, uh, you could you guys listeners at home, you could watch this movie twice, and you would still have about fifteen minutes of the Batman left to go. Kron, they also have two weeks to watch this movie. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so whenever you. Come back next week after you've just finished Ravenous. You will not be greeted by humanoids from the deep. Well, uh, you, sorry. I think actually, no. If you listen to this, you will get humanoids of the deep. We have already released North the North. other movie. Okay, that's right Oops. then. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're coming here from Ravenous, hey, welcome back. This is exactly what you wanted. Uh if not, I don't know. At some point, go listen to our episode of The North Man. That's yes. our next two-day rental. You were on the right track, Dan, but... I'm thinking hard times. Yeah. Well, badass. How scary was it? Because I'm, I'm not a... I'm, I, I hate the, the underwater shit, man. Humanoids? Uh, it's, well... So if I look at it on Letterboxd, uh, here's the tagline. From the ocean depths, they strike to terrorize, to mate, and to kill. And this movie is, uh, basically these things come out of the water. They want to bang all the ladies and kill all the men, so. Damn. Aside from uh, being from underwater, we have a lot in common. (laughs) Yeah. Karan, you really are just building up women. Hey, super well. Isn't it weird when you've got more in common with the humanoids from the deep than you do with the cannibals and ravenous? 
I guess until then, watch The Northmen if, or listen to our episode of The Northmen if that's available. Crash and burn. <laughs> Buddies forever. Love you. My wife didn't fucking boss me around. You see my fucking wife? She's full of fucking stick. <laughs> Shit, right. It's the commander of the fucking house, bro. Better edit this out. Yeah, put put that audio at the very end of the episode. <laughs> put your money where your mouth is, dude. I think my wife heard that. She's on her way down. None of our wives listen to the end of the episodes no. anyway. I don't think my wife has made it through an entire episode of this ever. She lives with you. Oh, I don't think mine's made it through 10 minutes.